Dark. Starring John and Danny. Let's hope this all works, chat. Keep us informed, man. This is our least planned episode ever, and that says a lot because we put out some trash. Uh, StatCheck's Nathaniel Henning joins us, joins us tonight to talk about how uh, we can best balance the podcast landscape with our unique and brand new uh, podcast balanced data slate. Uh, and also what it takes to be uh, relevant in the content creation world. And we're going to go over some of our old favorite podcasts, see if we can update them for the modern age. Um, I am a hydrocephalic version of Quentin Tarantino. And even though we are an elitist group of neckbeards, it's still going to be pretty grim after dark. My first co-host tonight, he's a classic high hairline Harry. It's Danny McDevitt. Uh, and also Val, and then also Nathan. <laughs> right, everyone's mics are hot. Everyone's mics yeah. are hot. All right, everybody yeah. talk at the same time. Who's Whoopi Guys. Goldberg? Da Danny. Spoiler. Danny's Whoopi Goldberg. That does make the most sense. Spoiler, there's two scenes tonight, this one and the one of just me, and I know which one uh, Val's not going to be switching to. Uh, yeah, one. guys, there's so many. Oh my god, <laughs> of course, it proves me wrong on that. Perfect. Guys, there's so many people here that we had to have a 1990s style electronics uh, store TV stand up. Let's see what the other ones um, look like. Hold on, let's go to the couch cam. Yeah, it kind of works. Oh, work. Couch cam kind of works. works. It's not great. It's yeah. not great. My forehead. <laughs> Shut up. You're, you're hiding this best feature. Um, that is quite the couch pile, Joel Atkins. Thank you. Uh, before we get going, Danny, uh, comments from last week's episode, absolutely raging oh, yeah. about your lack of knowledge on horses. Um, oh. We have a person here who said, so poor on your knowledge of horses versus tanks in war. The Polish riders defeated the German tanks. Also, horses gallop at 40 to 50 miles an hour. Do you think... Uh, the horses defeated the tanks, Danny, because of the amount of glue they got into the tracks. Potentially. I mean, they really clogged them up and stopped them. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they say stop you in your tracks. What they mean is because of a ground up horse in your axle. Yeah, gum right. up said tracks with a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, someone else jumped in and said, where are we here? Um, Danny uh, is... Uh, has clearly not plumbed the depth of horse names. As you said, Constantine was a ridiculous name for a horse, if I remember right. Um, so I did find some here uh, from the Kentucky Derby. Okay. Uh, we have uh, No Soup for You. I don't know if you realize, but that's uh, Simon. Oh, I understand that reference. Um, there's Writing Miss Daisy. Uh, and the quality Bodacious Tatas uh, was a horse that ran in 1985. But yeah, do we still think Constantine is a terrible name for a horse? Yes. I was. What about? Uh, I was looking up uh, slanesh themed soul grinder conversions, and bodacious tatas was one of the keywords I tried. That's good. <laughs> That's a good one. What about uh, odor in the court? Uh, a runner in the nineteen ninety six. Is that a better, uh, worse name than Constantine? No, that actually fits because horses notoriously smell like shit. So. It all kind of works out. Um, that's one of the many reasons I also hate horses. So if we can get that on record, I just don't like horses in general. Like I'm, I'm going to be biased against this. That's fair. Um, is it because yeah. you're Alaskan and you only love moose? Is this? Is no, this I just don't like horses. I think they're a bad. They're a bad animal. Yeah, they don't even fair. taste uh, good. That's I, fair. I, I, um, you know, <laughs> actually, as someone who has uh, has had a little equine tartar. Okay. I would say it was quite delicious. It was a, perhaps it, was, it wasn't as gamey a meat as one might have thought it would be. Uh, it was uh, it was quite good. Interesting yeah. texture. What we've yeah. learned here is FLGN pays enough to feed us in horse meat. <laughs> so that's really the, no, the important thing to take away here. <laughs> False. It's, uh, it's it's us and the United Kingdom. <laughs> you just take a little trip south the south of the border. You can get some horse tacos. You want some horse tacos? I can get some horse tacos. <laughs> I know a guy. Uber Eats <laughs> for lunch, bud. We get no prop. Head up on head on up to Quebec. Get ourselves some horse tacos. Nathan, I was thinking more uh, some horse poutine personally myself. I don't know. I'm sure, it exists. I'm yeah, sure they do Nathan. It. What is uh, what's team. your opinion? We talked uh, length last week about uh, 
the goodest boy, Constantine, uh, and his noble rider, uh, Lord Solaris. What's your take on the new horsey model? I think if you model him appropriately with a base that is instead of a, a Reaver Titan, I think is the class of Titans under him. Instead of a Reaver Titan head, you put just the pile of regular guardsman bodies that he has to walk across as he goes to the other side of the battlefield. <laughs> feels more appropriate for the nobility of that model. Everybody else dies, but I am clean and spotless because I am the Imperial nobility. Yeah, and literally the people getting crushed underfoot by the Imperial machine horse is, is a thing. Uh, Val, you were away last week. Um, does seeing models like this drive you away from Warhammer Fantasy and towards the more classic horse-based miniatures of Warhammer 40,000? Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. I, uh, I I was trying to explain to Tech Priest Dickey uh, the other day, in fact, yesterday, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. uh, when he suggested that I play 40K with him. And I said that it, it, it just I can't think of something that I want to do less. So, you know, mechanical war horses. I got one already. All right. I don't need I don't need these new fan. Dangled. I used it on Saturday. I don't I don't need these new fan dangled mechanical. I got I got OG Archeon in the Napoleon pose. I don't give it. Who cares? Who cares? It's all been done, baby. It's all been done. And it's happening right here in the casita. That's right. Uh, very excited to hear insight into the current 40K meta and, and state of gaming. Uh, welcome along, Val, as always. Um, hey. spe <laughs> speaking of which, uh, Nathan, why, why did we drag you in today? What are we doing? I don't even know anymore. What are we doing today? Amazing. I think last time we presented the podcast ranking system. Um, I can't we remember did. the name that we came up with. And then We came <laughs> up with a very juvenile name. Um, we did hilarious and we'll come we'll remember it later we'll remember it later but for now Let's keep talking scrolling up we have a podcast balance data slate that we wanted to talk a little bit about today and much like gw we want to deliver maximum change for minimal effort so we've planned this out in a great detail our podcast balance data slate for warhammer 40k and associates so podcast. much detail so much detail. That's why I, I let it know that it's the least uh, least prepared episode. Um, but yeah, so what exactly are we looking for with the podcast uh, balanced uh, update? So we really wanted to take the top level podcasts and make them better, but we also wanted to bring up Danny. We're podcasts. fine. He's making no changes. Don't worry. Please continue. Exactly. Okay. <sighs> now this, this view doesn't work anymore, guys. <laughs> <laughs> When we need to bring up here, I'll put my hands up higher so it doesn't get cut off. We need to bring the podcast at the bottom upwards or shove them out of the meta completely. We've kind of oh. decided to mix that approach up and see how it works out. Okay. Love it. Yeah, so no, hit us with your absolutely first zero risk enterprise that we're engaging in here. You know, I haven't yeah, seen yeah, any sure. massive Twitter storms going on recently involving... So Shots fired between various Warhammer content creators and corporations involved in the industry. No, this is a complete risk-free topic idea, gentlemen. And I'm happy to be on the show with you tonight. Yeah, for sure. It's always good to have management along when we do yeah, stuff like that. Thanks this. for managing our risk, Val, and tacitly <laughs> yeah. supporting everything that we're doing by being on the show tonight. Yeah. Now, before we do start on this, Danny, do you maybe want to explain to the viewing and listening audience... Uh, the difference between terrible journalism and satire. I mean, do I have to? Like, I mean, we yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's sad that we do have to do this. It's right? really like, sad that you do have to. I believe what we do here, and correct me if I'm wrong, Danny, but what terrible we do journalism. in the dark here is satire. It, <laughs> it depends. It depends whose facts you believe, John. But let's be honest. Um, Comparing us probably, and look, I don't think we're nearly as bad as they are, but The Daily Show um, or something like, or John Oliver Tonight, um, that's what we're going for here. Clearly, we're surpassing it, going above and beyond, taking mm -hmm. it to the next level. Mm -hmm. um, but what we've not is, uh, uh, you know, CBS News Tonight uh, with Connie Chung. Like, look, we're not, we're not here reporting the real news or factual things, just... Yeah stupid opinions that's right bad opinions mm -hmm. yeah and uh yeah and may taking a poke of fun at the people whose uh whose egos are inflated over uh stupid things that we see on the internet 
Uh, Joel Atkins coming in hot with us. So Grimdark is the podcast equivalent of Space Marines. Does that make y'all the bad players bringing the whole <laughs> faction down? It's clearly uh, chatter tactics, but yes. whatever. Yeah, well, we're going to get to them in our in our balance here we're, later on. But but good job firing the first right shot. Oh. Don't um, jump the don't jump the gun <laughs> on the joke. Jeez. Uh, I do want to point out uh, the I have the, very the little relevant things to add. Um, so go ahead. Sorry, John, I stepped on you. Go the ahead. The lead designer of Warhammer 40k. Uh, oh, went yeah. to the Coventry GT uh, with Space Marines uh, and lost every game. Was that really uh, which... the head designer of Warhammer 40k? Not yeah. just some person copying his name? That would be just as hilarious, <laughs> but poorer for my narrative. Um, so I want to think that he lost every game by three points, and that's why that one Space Marine secondary is now worth one point oh, more. Oh, he's justified. Yeah. He's justified. This is Stu? But again, yeah, yeah, Stu Black. Or Stu, yeah. Stu Black. All right. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's have a, why not? Why don't you guys talk amongst yourselves? I'm going to pull up the list. We'll see. We'll, we'll do yeah, a little uh, diagnosis here. Though I do want to say this probably Perfect. isn't a guy taking the most optimized list. Because what looks worse, going and losing every game with your army or going and just winning every game with your army because you designed the rules? I mean, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? John, it's clearly the second one. <laughs> <laughs> i mean you want to yeah you want to win because you wrote the rules you want to look like a tough badass who understands your game not somebody who went oh and five at the tournament hey you want to have at least a credible showing like, yeah even you want though he's 50 50 yeah. yeah you want to you want to hit 500 yeah that's a perfectly balanced game right there you see i <laughs> brought fair, him up my list and i won half and i lost the other sure. half perfectly balanced so he also just he just threw he, he also like threw the towel in. Still, apparently, yeah. I'm glad that, you know after being critical of uh, of uh, deriding uh, uh, various podcasts, I'm glad that I just skipped straight to the top. Let's just uh, beat up on Stu Black. <laughs> we're going on right, right out of yeah podcast. let's just skip let's just skip let's just go for the throat here guys let's go for the kill shot let's take let's take this snake by the head not the tail it sideways <laughs> all people should know no one's going to hear us doing this so so that doesn't really matter you know as i say about all shows that i'm occasionally on we're a we're a podcaster's podcast you know it's uh you know ever you know it's very influential you know, the people who listen, yeah. you know, they matter. And that's especially well, people listening live right now. You guys, yeah, as I live and breathe. You know what I mean? Kyle, can you not refer to him as the head of the snake? That <laughs> has some other connotations that are probably not good. <laughs> could I hey, uh, pod- quickly Google that one? Podcast balance data slate. <laughs> Podcast one, what have you got? Professional scientific doctor. And like official representative of StatCheck, a very important statistics-based thing, uh, providing a lot of good information for Warhammer. Why don't we start off with StatCheck's balance data slate blurb, John? Now, this is one. the equivalent of Stu Black going 5-0 and at a tournament because he took some busted rules he wrote. <laughs> Are we talking about the Art this, of War balance data slate? I've been saying this all week. Uh, you balance StatCheck. Is there a way you could make Ennis oh. Wilson likable? No. He's too Scottish. That's true. That, that is the true. accent makes it hard. Uh, the other note is that we do need to get Anthony up on his basic math. I know you guys tried and are <laughs> helping with it, so we're working on that. Uh, for Jeremy and Cliff, I have no changes. They are perfectly balanced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Curry? Curry is Jeremy. Jeremy is Curie. No, 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 that's impossible. Curie, Curie is Curie. Oh, sorry. Well, Curie also no changes. Okay. okay, perfect. Jeremy, get rid of that guy. Curie, keep him. He's he's the great one right there. Got it. I'll write that down. I'll add that to the data slate right now. So unlike Games Workshop, we will have a living rule set. In three months, though, uh, it'll come out, but not right now. Uh, but how are things going over in StatCheck? Because you guys are doing a, a whole bunch with kind of week to week. You have Cliff kind of posting the, the statistical updates. You guys are collating just a ton of information on a weekly basis as well as producing uh, your, your show every week. How are things going on that front? So we're actually putting together something really interesting right now because we're at 98,272 games uh, recorded. 
So we've almost hit 100,000 games since Nachmund in the previous wow. mission pack. So we've hit a bunch of games where we're starting to look at like really big data trends. but And we're going to see kind of how that plays out towards the end of this whole season and maybe the addition, essentially. Kind of see if we can look at some really big data trends and where changes happen and how movements and factions and veteran versus non-veteran player win rates change over time. But otherwise, we make the podcast every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, which is live with me, Ennis, and Anthony. Uh, we will talk about this week. We're going to talk about Coventry because Anthony flew across the Atlantic Ocean to spend a weekend playing at a UK tournament uh, with Ennis and a bunch of folks. So they're going to be talking about their experience this week. Otherwise, Ennis is making bonus content every week where they focus more on the WTC, so team events, and then also on interviewing people from the greater 40K community. So there's an interview in our bonus content right now with him and Mitch Beard that I think just got released to the public as well. Oh, cool. Yes. Uh, so we're, Katie Sands is coming in and chat by saying, Katie Sands says, y'all still playing 40K? Buddy, do I have bad news about some lore for you? Um <laughs> But we're, I'm not going to spoil that uh, at all. Uh, so, yeah. So, it's like, stat check, you're not going to change much. Just get rid of that Jeremy guy. Keep the Curie guy around. Um, that seems like a fair one. What is our next uh, updated podcast? Oh, boy. I had this up in a list, and then I was thinking we weren't going to do it at all, so I removed it. All right. Here we go. If only something was pre-planned and written down about what we were going to do. There's no preparation here whatsoever. It's totally no. fine. We're on the H one. I guess we can go all the way to the bottom and we can talk about uh, veterans of the long war next who really were just going to send for some uh, lessons and apologies and correct, mm -hmm. correctly providing them. I do want to point out, by the way, Danny, what a great time we had at the uh, long war doubles <laughs> event uh, exclusively uh, through frontline gaming. Yeah. What a great uh, time. Definitely recommend signing up for that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, awesome. We had awesome opponents, didn't we? For every single one of our games for our three games that we got to play in it. We did. <clears throat> and we got free loot, uh, which is always a reason for doing something. Uh, yep. Some great sportsmanship there. Um, but yeah, what is... So, so what you did, because that, as, as Val, and you throw this in here too, that kind of exploded this week. Um, the the Spiky Bits article uh, versus the the, the painter, is it Hidalgo? I forget the guy's name. Just time out Val. here, guys. Guys, yeah. I just want to just make sure that we're not just pulling in. Actually, why don't we do it? Because I'm pretty sure Veterans of the Long War is an entirely different podcast. Is no. it a Spiky really? podcast? Are they separated now from Spiky Bits? No, 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 no. There's the Long War, which is our friends, uh, Kenny and uh, the other guys. And oh, then, that's right. And then, oh. there's, then there's actually oh, one from California. And then there's actually one. I don't know if it still exists, but it was called Veterans of the Long War. Which existed so, before them, and I remember when they stole the name, they actually brought the guy on, and they were like, hey, bro, we keep it icy, we're keeping the name, but thanks for coming on the PFG show. PFG Radio, uh, coming in, judging us, if you will, uh, to let us know that Veterans of the Long was a different dead podcast. Boo, 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 boo. And you know what else oh, is yeah, dead? Yeah. His podcast listings, unless he brought it back and I haven't noticed yet, uh, but would love to see him again. <laughs> so... Man, for well, next, this is embarrassing. This is so another change for the data slate. Mm -hmm. Is that Bring we need back. to make sure that There's not two veterans. All, is that it's ve not veterans of the long war, but just to the long war podcast. There we go. Got to get those so to make sure that correct. Danny and John do enough research to realize that they're two separate podcasts um, is really the the balanced data slate needed uh, for this <laughs> one right here. <laughs> <laughs> and then. John, you had a special note for Frontiers, a wonderful podcast from the Best in Tabletop Network. I did. 40K Frontiers. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, it's a fantastic podcast. Um, takes you through the international 40K scene from Australia to Korea, just kind of all over the, the cool little meta. meta. It's a fantastic show. Terrible delivery system, though. Um, so is there a way we can buff the delivery system for this? I think we need to... like. Like with Canada, we need to increase the number of internets that they've got. Yeah. Val, you you are you you have your shifty moves going on. This just in. No one registered at the Coventry Coventry GT three day uh, under the name Stu Black. Man, my fact checking flawless tonight. 
um, let me keep this original audio up and then also add some audio that says, I'm sorry that you were offended by what I said. I think that's the best way. We Looks can like he slipped it. out of the grip again. <laughs> <laughs> the head of the snake, if you will. Hey, your words Valcom not mine, pal. Letting us no, know. No, those are exactly your words. <laughs> I just really wish that Val would replaced replaced his bottle with vodka between these shots because with the glasses <laughs> and then randomly coming in, it would be a little bit more. I, d- I did hit a vape pen once in the early show and started coughing inc- really loudly in everyone's ears. Uh, that was uh, that was some time ago, though. See, uh, StatCheck's bonus content is uh, in his interviewing W2C people and kind of introducing that community. Our bonus content is Val coughing really loud in your ear after hitting vape too much. Yeah, this just, in, this just in from chat. Did he check the two day? Did not. I did not check the two day. I'm going back in. <laughs> All right, fill for time. Uh, so yeah, 44K Frontiers are really good. I mean, do you feel right now that a lot of the content that's coming out here is mostly sort of US centric? I know we have Fireside Chat that started coming out with like David and Vic from the UK and some mm-hmm. other more UK centric shows coming out. But is there a problem in just having so much American-based content? There's always a problem with it, is that people think that the meta only exists in, like, the United States or in the UK, essentially. Because even if you move outside of the United States, a lot of the focus is on just the UK meta. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is really good content, though, coming out of both the Australian meta. So it's not just Frontiers, but there are other shows that are focused just on Australia, which is, like, down under 40k. Um, and then the UK has new stuff coming out that focuses more on Europe holistically, but also on the experiences of players in the UK, which is like 40k fireside, like you said as well. Also contact lost, which is, I believe by the Polish team captains who are running an excellent show that focuses on mainland Europe, essentially, and also on the Polish scene. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a worry naming your podcast after audio problems? Like, are you just kind of playing with fire? Who's watching something right now? (laughs) (laughs) Is someone actually watching (laughs) another show while being on the show? I think that is a... Actually, my wife watching something in the other room. (laughs) Okay, all right. As you watch me steadily get more embarrassed looking. (laughs) Oh, great. Now we're going to get demonetized, too. I was just just pretty sure John was like, I'm just going to watch something else now. That's all right. We need him now playing football manager 23, 25 (laughs) season, baby. Um, Let's go. Let's go. Perfect. So, yeah, like I said, lots of kind of more stuff coming out here. Um, Are you seeing, do you think there's a correlation in data uh, between uh, win rates and improvements and kind of an increase in an international podcast scene or international content creation scene? rather than keeping just kind of U.S.-centric tactics and help. Val, yeah. This just in. No Stu Black registered on the two-day event either. Did you check the two-day narrative? Son of a bitch. No, I didn't. (laughs) I don't think it existed. (laughs) It doesn't exist. Do you think perhaps he was uh, expunged from the record? Maybe he used his power to be like, yo, um, if you want anything released ever again. Um, All right, guys. Do you, want this new gar- do you want me to look at our data? I'm going to the wa- I'm going to the Wayback Machine. Okay. Um, next, <laughs> a what point do we let him know that I just made it up? What? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. Value correlation. Yeah. I don't know if you can look at win rates and do that. I think it's too many variables to look at whether or not somebody consumes specific content and performs better or not. Although perhaps that just undermines all of Art of War's um, actual marketing ploy. I don't know um, that listening to their content will make you a better player. Can you put but, a tier list on content? Also, chat coming in strong saying Hellstorm pulled up Stu Black on BCP earlier today. Got him. That's what I'm doing. I'm going on there right now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Okay, what what have we got? So, uh, Frontiers, check them out. Fantastic guys. Just tell them to, to be more balanced. Uh, but yeah, what, what's next on our list of to-dos? 
We have signals from the front line next, which I assume oh, that signals, both Danny good old signals. and John have significant notes for a balanced data slate for them. Significant notes. Danny, why don't you start with your significant notes? Well, first of all, get a better, at least replace at least one of the hosts because I've seen some just terrible things come, come out of that guy's mouth. And uh, Danny, stop talking. It's going on the whiteboard. It'll never happen. <laughs> I'll do it. I swear. I'll do it. <laughs> so Signals, though, has taken like a lot of like over the past like year and a half. If you look at what it was, which is kind of and, and Val, correct me if I'm wrong before you color on your face here. But like it was a recent study uh, being like, well, this stuff's coming out this week. We have a tournament coming up. Was well, episode 590. It was uh it it was like uh the the scenes with Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now except uh worse facial hair basically. Mm. Fair. There was some unique choices. Mm -hmm. Um what is Signals Now? Oh wait, Val's pretending Contact free, lost. so he doesn't have to answer. Oh wait a minute. Oh 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 that was to me? That was to me? Yeah. Well yeah. it's it's supposed to be an upbeat uh you know news show about uh you know tabletop gaming mostly warhammer yeah for sure so if i said so, the show would be improved by increasing the amount of was at the beginning middle and end and turning no, God, Seth no. green are you saying those wouldn't be improvements or would i would say you would go from the three people watching it to one when danny and i drop out immediately <laughs> upon hey. the wine so only one person watching it <laughs> yeah that's that's a bit harsh. I'm it's sure it's very so. harsh and also not true. Also uh, not true at all. I not thought these true were suggestions all. to make it better. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's probably something there. I like it. they've been bringing on a lot of guests lately. <laughs> some good guests. I mean, we just gave up on that. Getting good guests. True. Yeah. True. True. Fair. Yeah. But to be I honest, what happens? Think of anything to make them better. So like, what happens now is I just don't do anything, and then I'm like, oh, Val, it's you this week. Um, or oh, Dick, it's you this week again. And then occasionally someone's like, oh, yeah, I, I booked myself uh, next month. And then you forget about it. You know, it. You know what we like, should do? Yep. We, should just oh, put the, we should just put the booking link in the description. And just okay. book just, yourself as a guest. <laughs> just have Grim After Dark, pure open mic. And we'll just, and we don't, <laughs> even, we don't even vet it. We don't even look. It's just like, it's just roulette. Whoever, whoever like responds to the link I, I throw up first gets to be the third wheel on this <laughs> casting couch over here. And uh, and we just go off to the races. That's, that's Grim After Dark chat idea. roulette edition. Yeah. Two weeks from now, and we just cut people. Uh, Captain Angela, so that would be me, the one person telling Seth how to pronounce the AOS top 10 names. I guess, Danny, <laughs> that's something we have to be thankful for, is we don't often have to pronounce names. Uh, ben Jurek, I know I mispronounced your name literally every time. Um, but yeah, I think though, personally, you know, feuds aside, fake feuds aside, I, I enjoy it for what it is. Um, Signals is kind of a, a good way to catch up with the goings on in the week, the sales that are happening. Um, mm -hmm. And also it's a great place to see what's coming out for Frontline. Like we do, like Danny, a yeah. really shitty job uh, at advertising it's the, true. the product that Frontline what amazing, has What an amazing segue to talk about something that Frontline Gaming is doing. But also... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also what i used to really love about signals is that i feel like signals used to be like a really like essential news source mm -hmm. and i think as i think one thing that any any like news-based show that's not like doing weekly results and stuff like something like whatever that show is uh and uh and thursday show um Anything that's anything that's doing like news that's like I don't know. Ever since Warhammer Community, those types of shows kind of became a bit redundant. Yeah. Um, or anything that does sort of like a, what's coming up right now. So like it does it it does make it a little bit harder. But I do what I do all it, do and did like about Signals is like the enthusiasm it generates around like frontline gaming events specifically and sort of the community of that sort of little segment of events. So maybe uh, you know maybe we should uh, license it out. Maybe they should license it out to uh, to the UKTC, to uh, to 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 the uh, the Marshalls Conference. You know, like it could just become the, the hub. Hand. Yeah, signals from the other side, or the flyover yeah. country. Um, well, I mean, it is 
super popular here. People in chat letting us know the love. I mean, damn, they have here tickets for Cherokee available now, uh, which just goes to show Kicker's effectiveness and his value to the, to the entire thing. Uh, but so as an outsider, Nathan, though, like, what do you, what, what are signals to you? What is the benefit and kind of what do you want to see uh, from that kind of show, especially as Val was saying, in a time where Warhammer community kind of outscoops everyone because they, you know, they make the stuff. So I think what you're really looking for when you're watching a show like that is not so much the news or the content that it produces, but the people who are involved with it and whether or not you want to watch those people share their views on events with you. <laughs> so I, I like both Seth and Kicker. Um, so even though I could get the news about things from other people or other sources, I want to hear Seth and Kicker provide me with that news and information and their analysis of the news and information that's presented yeah. each week. Uh, Val, and you've swore and threw your glasses off. Uh... <laughs> I just, I mean, like, just cut me to my core there. I, I mean, likable, quality hosts. Yeah. Uh, what about, where does irritating rank on your list of, of good qualities <laughs> of a regular co-host, if you will? Depends on the kind of irritating. Are you talking like a foil <laughs> to your kind, good-natured host? Like, well, maybe someone who maybe chews Nicorette occasionally and forgets, uh, you know, so he smacks into the mic a bunch, interrupts the host a lot when he's talking, dresses people down in public, wears dumb glasses. Oh. I will say, Val, someone did come in here and say, oh, God, Val has eyes, which <laughs> confuses me no end because, Yeah. <laughs> So if I would rank somebody who browbeats their uh, compatriots pretty low, mm. that, that's not irritating. I think mm. that is uh, mm -hmm. despotic. I think it's, is the word it's I an that's hard feedback. That's hard feedback. That's hard. That's hard feedback. Hard <laughs> to hear. I'm sure it's hard for you to say it. And I, I appreciate your courage, as it were. It's important to do. Otherwise, that other person's ego is just going to get way out of control. And they're going to think they actually matter. So by you talking in that way, you just destroy them to the core. And they might like think really that they're hurt the, them emotionally. There's a method to the madness. They might yeah. think that they're the top TV on the couch. And you can't have that. Yeah. You would have to make a thumbnail showing that your opinion weighed more, uh, for sure. I think that's the only way around that. <laughs> I, um, I will say, though, that on the yeah. topic of irritating people, that the entire reason that I signed up for this episode to guest it was because Danny told me in another chat that I make everything I say makes him sad. So, <laughs> so I'm like, man, how can I take this to another level and make Danny sad in person? <laughs> Great. Thanks, guys. You know, like... as long as, long as you know, we're being honest and not overreacting. Um, but yeah, for sure, definitely check out Signals, like uh, Val and Nathaniel said. Uh, Seth Kicker have really good energy, great people. Uh, also, this Wednesday, uh, they have a secret that, that they're telling. The secret uh, will be revealed. Secret will be revealed. It, the secret is wish for more wishes. Also. Wait a minute. Were you guys talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> he was watching League of Legends replays. Yeah, that was the sound. It wasn't Nathan's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right, cool. Um, yeah. Sorry, I had something to say a bunch of times. I forgot every time, and now we're here. Dude, love it. Host. <laughs> Do we want to touch on the next, the next balance data slate? Go yeah, one. dial it up. Let's go. This hit parade just keeps marching. <laughs> Somehow this keeps limping along. <laughs> Still better than the tier list episode. Um, uh, fair. <laughs> from the top of our ranking system in the last episode that I was on is Art of War Down Under, which mm. I wanted to say. The only change I want to make is even more Adam Camilleri and continuing on with this trend of no Richard Siegler. That's all I want. We can't. We, we can't. There's no way to provide more Camilleri <laughs> than Camilleri no, no. does himself. I, I think the argument here is that Camilleri is a little OP, so I think this is what we should do is we should have him read the AOS ITC leaderboard to bring him down a few levels because no one can butcher a name quite like Adam Calamari. 
<laughs> I mean, I have heard his codex reviews where he reads a uh, stratagem about three or four times and That's still fair. doesn't quite. You got to really like the longer <laughs> the video, the better the monetization. Uh, so you just got to keep rereading it over and over again. Um, sure you post YouTube. I don't think Art of War Down Under is on YouTube. I think it's oh, well, just, uh, just in podcast form. Old school, baby. Can you um, separate that, though? So have uh, instead of having Art of War Down Under, you just have one show called Art of War and one show called Down Under. Maybe that would temper the power a little bit. Well, I mean, that would I feel like that would really reduce your SEO. I mean, that'd be as dumb as just naming a 40K theme show the Thursday show <laughs> and not mentioning anything. What does related. that have to do with 40K? Like, who knows? Yeah, it's all about the state of play. That's all that matters. Well, not everybody can rip off the name of their organization from Chinese philosophers. So that's okay. Yeah, and we got use, use. A, a space marine samurai or something. I'm not really sure what that guy is like. It's not even the right, not I even know. the right region of the world I, for I the know. philosopher. <laughs> They're prepping a uh, brand new logo, which is just what do the I Lord know? Solar riding a kangaroo with robotic oh, legs. God. I was so thinking more. You know what? Super I like that better than the model that actually was released. Oh. You have terrible opinions, which I love uh, doing for our codex. <laughs> So the last one that we've got, um, and last from our ranking list, I think from last time was Chapter Tactics. Mm. Mm -hmm. Are they still on the air? (laughs) (laughs) Who we didn't have any changes for, because that is the starting point for everyone's journey. And much like Space Marines, we don't have any changes for them, except maybe, apparently, a long hiatus. (laughs) I like that you wrote this joke and didn't realize it hasn't been released for three months. Uh, I good. didn't. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, to Speaking be fair, which, neither I nor John noticed. <laughs> when John we must have noticed. Joke. My inbox oh, is flooded. And it's still the John top of the show on the network. Uh, it just, it's, uh, funnier. it's funnier uh, if Nathaniel says it. Uh, and I just sit back and, and watch the chaos. But it does address the kind of the interesting question that 40K being a super complex game, is these kind of starter shows that don't necessarily go too in-depth and kind of provide that information uh, are, like, super necessary. Um, Val, I mean, I know, like I said, it's on a little bit of a hiatus now. Matt, obviously, super busy guy, like, like all of the guys who do that is. Um, what was your thought uh, behind Chapter Tactics? Where do you kind of see it going in the future? I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> it actually, I thought they they did a really good job. I thought um, they brought in their own sort of different audience, uh, whole, had a totally different vibe from what it was before. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I like the energy that they brought to it. I think Chapter Tactics. It's like a brand that we had on the network. Perhaps we go in a different direction. We are tremendously forty k centric. Uh, i.e. it's all we talk about and uh you know there's like a whole other world of things out there but to be honest with you i don't i don't know what to do necessarily okay. with whatever fair, in uh, about a month <laughs> or so we're gonna have the... heat back on and we're gonna talk avatar 2 uh for the, the entire excellent hour. excellent uh you know they they got a, like my favorite thing about dice check taking over chapter tactics was everyone bemoaning how like the old chapter tactics was great Whereas in reality, the only thing people loved doing about the old chapter tactics was complaining about it as, uh, you know, like, so, you know, I think that's perfect. That means that people do graduate from it and you do need that sort of entry level beginner content, I think for sure. And also getting back to something that was said before, uh, you know, likable hosts. So like if you don't jive with the hosts, a lot of people obviously do. Um, but if you don't jive with the hosts, then, you know, it's maybe not going to be your favorite thing. That's true. Right. Yeah. Like I said, it's just, and right now, like you have like Statcheck, obviously, Nathan, your guys' podcast, super in depth. I mean, if, if you imagine your first week, you've just got back from the game store, you have your codex, you bought two boxes of models that are terrible because you don't know what you're doing. And the first thing you listen to is, is Statcheck. And you're like, well, we're at a 75% win rate with so and so. And they're bringing it up to the 62 because of the balanced data. So you're like, man, did I just yeah, get into math as a hobby? Um, and it doesn't necessarily like kind of super go into there. So 
uh, like Val was saying, chapter tactics uh, is sort of necessary in its place uh, of being a jumping on point. And yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's like super crunch like shows for those people who are like, like massively engaged are awesome. Uh, but, you know, that's going to be a thin slice of the pie. And I think so that they're really good to be like the really good models, I think, for be, for like subscriber, um, you know, supported and driven shows. But I think when you're doing sort of like a more bro- looking for like a broader slice, it does come down to like, I don't know whether or not you can get rapport with your audience. And, you know, I don't I don't know necessarily if like you being the absolute bleeding edge of how everything works and all of the stats and numbers necessarily does does the trick uh, on its own right right you got to have some personality we can't all be ennis wilson you know we do try (laughs) onboard people into the hobby than other shows do so not everybody wants to play 40k competitively so not everybody is going to want to be funneled into our stuff some people will be wanted to will want to be funneled into more hobby oriented content, which is usually video content instead of podcast content. Because explaining my painting as I do it glaze by glaze probably isn't very exciting. So first, I'm going to brush this glaze on lightly in blue. I know you can't see it, but it's a very light blue, thin, watered down like milk. I don't know, but <laughs> those are painting videos you're watching. Um... This is a, a heads up. Um, so that's a, a really great sort of segue to talking about, like, when I go back into the hobby, and a lot of other people got back into the hobby, independent characters was sort of like the, the, the first big breakout show to happen when, when podcasting happened. Do you guys feel a show uh, like independent characters, which was very um, hobby-centric, very narrative-centric, uh, famously not competitive-centric uh, at all, really, um, can that survive or exist in the current environment of 40k where most of the content is super heavily skewed to the competitive scale? So the short answer is yes. And I have a longer answer that involves some numbers because we did this where we looked yeah, at... Danny, why don't you give your medium answer? Uh, I'd love so to hear that answer, but go ahead, Danny. No, I want to hear I want to hear Nate's answer. Go on, man. You want to hear the math number? Oh, we got to distract yeah. so we can look up his numbers first. No, it's okay. I'm going to use the the best version of statistics, which are the non-specific ones. Um, mm, wonderful. So if you think of the pie of people going to GTs as you have a number of people going to their first GT, right? So they've gone to no other GTs prior. Then you know, there are people who've gone to one, which are typically what we call veterans at that point. Then there are people who are further along who have gone to four more events who we usually term as like experienced try hard. and so most of the people who are attending tournaments are are at their first one um and then the vast majority of people are either going to their second event or their first event and then everyone else is like less than like five percent is the rest basically mm-hmm the vast majority of people are only going to zero to one event. And so that means that most people aren't necessarily interested in kind of the cutting edge tech that somebody's trying to win the ITC with, although maybe they want to consume that content. And I think Goonhammer put out some very good content uh, based on their survey where they saw that most people go there for their competitive content. I think people still want to consume competitive content, but they also want to consume their narrative content because competitive balance affects the narrative part of the game, unless Mm -hmm. you are like extremely house ruling things. But it is good to know that the part of the market share of viewers that is made up by hardcore competitive people is very small. Whereas the market for people who are just here to either paint or to hobby or to play games at either RTTs or just with their friends is much, much larger. Mm-hmm. The the way I've I don't know maybe I maybe I rationalize it but I think it's fairly true like if if even those even that those people who go to one event I think a lot of those in their groups would be considered like the hardcore competitive guy you know like so mm-hmm. like even even like that might they might be the minnows in like the overall competitive scene but they're still like like a tiny slice of probably the overall people who play the game um, sure. But I, I've, I kind of always viewed competitive players, and I th- think this is why the competitive scene has taken the driver's seat of driving the game forward. 
but they're kind of because they're people who will like rearrange their lives and like center their like vacation days and all their disposable income and going to places they're the like the evangelicals they're the like early adopters or whatever the people who would like mm-hmm. line line up overnight to get tickets to the warhammer thing are i think really represented by the competitive community and we are the folks that we will pick up on stuff immediately often before uh it's even a thing right so like in a lot of ways, that might be a small group, but I think they're tremendously influential in their like wherever the, in the places that they they come from and the other gamers that they interact with. Sometimes for good and sometimes for bad, but in general, they're going to be you know tournament organizers. They're going to be enthusiastic, engaged people. Um, I think that are like you know really driven to like interact with and do more with the game. So although like because that's often the narrative is that the competitive gamers are very small. Like if, if you look at competitive like gaming as a whole, like if we go over to like like esports or or whatever, I know it's probably like I lose the conversation by bringing it up, but I mean they're like mo- most people aren't going to go win like a massive Fortnite tournament. They're not going to win League of Legends, but they'll still watch those oh, players play. <laughs> you know, and they'll still play the game themselves. You can even like look at like sports that you can play as an amateur, even you know into life, like you know tennis, golf soccer whatever like you still follow the very best and you still want to wear their sneakers you know what i mean like even mm. though you're not that person so there, there's still like even though it might seem silly i think there is still like a real aspirational thing going on with 40k uh and the competitive scene itself that really does drive a lot of things like i yeah. i play a dead game but i spend all of my time looking for <laughs> all of the information i can find from like the best list that were being written eight years ago. You know what I mean? Like, even though it's a dead, it's a dead game, right? Yeah. Like I'm still looking to see like, what were the, what were the things that people had figured out? So, the European so, Matt is using lists from seven years ago. So this is kind of moving off button. of this here and sort of like, uh, hold on. What was that? What was that? With- Nathaniel? If I hit the share screen button, will it break everything? Most likely. Uh, with wh- where is it going to share to? I don't know. Okay. Let's find out. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so gonna, while Nathaniel's Let's doing that, talking out. to start oh. asking everyone, but starting with Danny, is the problem more the uh, a lot of majority of tournament attendance is people who only go to one of these events? Like, uh, why do you think customer retention necessarily for some of these events isn't great? I think it's a lot of time and energy and effort <clears throat> to compete in a Warhammer tournament. And so to ask somebody, and also like monetarily, it's expensive as well. Like it's an additional cost, like not only getting your army kind of ready to go into the meta, which it might not be if you don't have doubles or triplicates of some units, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But then you also have to take the weekend off and travel and there's a hotel involved a lot of times usually. And so it's easy for people maybe to get away to one that's in their local area because they can just drive and stay at home at night. Like, and that saves a lot of money. So that kind of, to me, kind of explains one or two events for most people. Mm-hmm. So I did you, share it. I don't know what it did. Yeah. So that's something you would agree with Nathaniel is kind of, it's the, the, the cost associated with these events. It's funny. Cause I actually think it was um, Val who once said that, I think it was Val who said that winning the ITC is like a single man's game with no kids. I don't think oh. that was me, but uh, you, I'll take it. It feels, it feels like something you would say. I'm just going to put it out there. So what are you saying? If I give up my children uh, and get divorced, uh, I will win the ITC. Yes, 100%. So I stopped sharing it, but now I can tell you the percentage of people who go to one GT-sized event in our data set is 66% of people wow. going to events and then we it's need three percent go to two so that's 84 <laughs> percent of people who go to gt sized events that we track are only going to one or two events and then it's ever diminishing until you get to 0.011 percent at 13 gt sized events which and we're very thankful for art of war and their continual support of the large tournament scene um, Val, do you have anything else to add here on the, the discussion about sort of why uh, most people only attend one large event? Uh, I'm just going to, oh, I didn't break it out into percentages here. 
Uh, sorry, I actually, because I did this the first time I ever got the BCP data set. I did that exact same thing to see what the breakdown was. I'll share. I'll share the thing. I wonder how much it's changed. Uh, I'm sorry, on the fly. I'll I'll, sh I'll, I'll share it with you. Um, Danny, let's just uh, let's, let's talk while well, well, yeah, so. yeah, connect with my people. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I I pay five bucks so I can chat with you in a in a, in a Discord. It's it's all good. I'll, I'll send it to you later. <laughs> and then uh, TFG Radio letting us know it was Salty John uh, that said that quote. Uh, uh, thank oh, you. Val. The, the pessimism oh, here behind it. Okay, here we go. In 2016, there were 5,411 people who had attended ITC events, which is pretty wild. 59% uh, only attended one. So it's not that far off. A little Pareto curve going on there, eh? Oh, yeah, eh. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyway, we'll continue. <laughs> Don't know what any of you are saying. Um, Who knows? Who knows? Some kind of Midwestern screech that I heard. I'm not really sure. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started, Nanny. <laughs> I think it's French-Canadian. Uh, it's the only thing that I can assume. Chicago's in Canada. It must be. Uh, Basically. So, well, what, Canada wishes. So the other podcast that really sort of got me back into 40K, um, sort of moving on a little bit here, was The Best General. Uh, Bronowitz's uh, podcast where he went and saw sports psychologists and all the things to kind of make him the best with the goal of sort of winning uh, an event. One of the most beautiful podcasts ever. Yes. Agree. Uh, I, I think, Val, you, you'll agree. It was beautiful because it had a defined goal. It reached it and then it just kind of stopped. Uh, they didn't try and do like Bass General 2 or, or sort of things like that. I was there when it happened. It was incredible. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was amazing. I can't, I can't believe it did happen um, still to this day. It's, it was absolutely wild. Um, and his, his, uh, pardon me, his, his attention to production quality, each one was produced in yeah. a very like podcasty style. Like, uh, um, there are some that do that. Steve Joel, I think does a good job of producing a very podcasty sound. We do a lot of like what I call the genre of circle jerk production style podcasting. <clears throat> um, so like, yeah, I think that was, I think it's when was, you inappropriately touch yourself while you edit. Yeah, I'm at, at a standing desk, guys. Um, so, like, uh, yes. wow. But yeah, Best General was, I, I think, probably one of the greatest 40K podcasts of all time. I mean, there were some really low moments in it, too. Uh, if you listen to the whole thing where he, like, really struggled against it. Um, and it's hilariously when his sensei changed to Nick Nanavati is actually when it all sort of turned around for him, too. Um, but, uh, anyway, I can't say enough about the best general. I think the best general inspired me in a, in a lot of ways, uh, to do the things I tried to do with, with stat center. Um, and yeah, it was just awesome. Yeah. So, so tell us about that. I mean, you brought it up. Oh, I wasn't going to, uh, stat center was, uh, just to kind of placate your ego a little bit. It was like a phenomenal podcast. Uh, it, it brought out, uh, data set driven entertainment, uh, on a frequent basis, kind of going over the events at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, with COVID, things kind of uh, stopped on that front. And then many things happened, but mainly the events kind of spiraled into huge amounts. Uh, and we see kind of stat check kind of picking up the mantle a little bit here. Um, what do you think, uh, what drove you to kind of start like a Stat Center style podcast? And what do you think it was going to give the community at the time? Um, well, I think it was a realization that I didn't know nearly enough to speak authoritatively about how to play the game. And that's for serious. I was like, do it. I was on a lot of shows and being asked my opinion about stuff that I didn't have an, a, like a valid opinion about. And I knew that there were lots and lots of people out there who had very valid opinions, who worked really hard mm -hmm. at, at uh, being good at this. And um, that I would see those same folks get basically called monsters and forums all over the place. And that competitive gamers are idiots and, they ruined the game and all that kind of stuff. And what I saw when I went to events was, for the most part, really intelligent people trying really hard to be good at a thing. And so the real concept of Stat Center was trying to give voice to that. So although mm. it was called Stat Center, Stat Center was a reference to a sports show called Sports Center. What? Uh, yeah. So it was never really supposed to be. Um, <laughs> it never really was supposed to be about stats. Although we did, you're going to be Peter so embarrassed when you realize sports uh, has stats as well. Um, but the, the point of it was was narrative. Like it, the point of it was giving the competitive scene a narrative story and to 
give the players a voice in a place where they could, you know, if they won a tournament, they knew that they would get to have their, their 30 seconds on a show that had a decent list listenership. It didn't blow anyone away, but like, so yeah, that was why. And it was, it was definitely a, a passion project. And the reason it stopped is I lost my passion for 40 K. That's basically it. And also I think it was less needed. Like the, the, the community I think has developed a lot more in the sense that like a lot of people like there are a lot of platforms now for for players to discuss what they do. There's like we have a number of competing stats stats bureaus now. Um, like there's uh, you know the the company itself is is a lot more open to the concept of of highlighting players and 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 performance of of factions and armies and stuff. So yeah. I don't I don't know if the if it necessarily if the vacuum is is there that I felt really necessitated the show to exist and maybe that's why i've just never been able to get it get up the mojo yeah. to do it again we're excited for old world center uh, to come in, a, in two to five years uh but danny what is this so we're kind of moving on because we talked about kind of things we love we joked a little bit about shows we genuinely love uh by the way and we're just giving you a hard time so you comment like and subscribe um but what is the space missing right now danny we have like a lot of a lot of content out there, COVID and people being kind of locked in with an Amazon account led to like an explosion of creation. Um, not that kind, but of content. Uh, what are we missing in the current meta or podcast landscape? The current podcast meta. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I think, uh, I think, I think a, a, an overall show uh, that was like, both that focused not only on like narrative play but also on some competitive play and also hobby stuff and just being like a super generalist but like with a really relatable cast i think could do very well um right now and what if they always made some double entendre style dick jokes i mean man that sounds like an amazing podcast. You know, maybe not even limited to one game. You could talk about 40K. You could also talk about fantasy sometimes. I do enjoy, like, I know, uh, Danny, we, we haven't really, uh, Mob Rules, we failed at uh, this past year <laughs> in general for, for many reasons. Mob Rules um, was on of, the data slate, and then I took yeah. it off. Well, well, no, off. please, please, well, what, please continue. Uh, so I can no. be... The, the joke was that there were no changes because there were no episodes. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> but like point. I said, uh, there was a part of me which was thinking that I think the reason we haven't super recorded or, or been driven to do so is because like the itch kind of gets scratched by this uh, right. on a weekly basis, right? So, you know, maybe we'll, we'll do some things, but like we have pretty much free reign. Uh, so this is sort of mob rule, what mob rules would be if we were told to keep it around an hour and do it once a week. <laughs> <laughs> True. True story. And we're about um, to land this puppy right on the deck of that right aircraft one hour. <laughs> Bump those brakes. Hey, what you will. I am a professional. Oh, 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 I got something, guys. I got something, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to let everyone know that at Frontline Gaming, um, if you go to www.frontlinegaming.org and then you erase it, and you go to the Steam store, you can get Vermintide 2 for free on Steam. Why are you promoting? Just letting you know. They're a massive company. What? Jump off this cast. Go get Vermintide. Vermintide 2. Also, tickets for Cherokee good. Open are, are, in fact, for sale. And speaking of other games, Marvel Crisis Protocol, some really cool new frontline gaming terrain was released for that. It's on that sale now. It does cool. look really cool. cool. Super cool. Yeah, and if you use the link in this episode, uh, we'll get a kickback, and we'll keep uh, talking about weird stuff that makes no sense, and it's sort of 40K related, but not really. Um, they have a narrative thread that goes throughout the whole hour-long episode. Yeah, uh, but I think Danny's right. I think the thing I'm missing most in the content creation space is basically the independent characters. And I hate to say it that way, because Val's turned me around in the whole hobby progress thing where I'm listening to old ones. I'm like, well, oh, let's skip this forward. Um <laughs> But just unless unless I you're inv unless you're like really invested in those people, like yeah. you know, I don't care. You know, I think that's kind of like what what happened. And like the point of that, and independent characters did it because they he was uh, a fetishist for audio quality, so like he he had really good production value, 
and they had really tight notes and they produced the show once a month, although it was probably the same duration as a lot of shows are that, that do once a week. Um, they, they did take a, you know, a month to do each show or maybe, yeah, usually once. I don't think they ever did semi-monthly anyway, but like independent characters was again, really quality production with like a really clear vision for what the show was. And it was like the singular vision of, of, of that one guy, that one Tuttle, if you will. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It was great. I love the independent character. I go back and listen to him sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the there one show that I've ever really listened to that's considered a classic in like a oh. 40K podcast circle. It's a good show. And it kind of ins- well, go. I'm sorry. I was going to say another thing that they had that they lost over time was Insider Edge. They were like he had he had like sort of an inside scoop with Forge World and for like Horace Heresy and like a lot of the like the the, like the uh, Horace Heresy books that were coming out and the Imperial Armor stuff. And like he had developed sort of a good connection to those guys. And again, like that inside scoop, because they have official people that they give stuff to, like our friends at Mob Rules, um, you know, like they that even that particular thing that they had, they kind of lost over time and they stopped doing those super in-depth reviews well, of, of things as the show think, went on. I think some of that was their in-depth the insider person was Alan Bly. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, but not, not the only one. And also I think like a lot of that core content that they really were passionate and loved just didn't, didn't, didn't continue much past that. As yeah. Well. Like that happened. Then they stopped making Imperial armors uh, they stopped doing yeah. kind of the things like that and I kind of, but I kind of agree. Like Dan said, we need, uh, guys go out by yourself. Um, it's called a Rudecaster. I'm a big fan of it. Fantastic audio quality for the price. Get yourself a couple of microphones, uh, produce some content, make, make what you want to see in the world, send it to Val and he'll definitely put it on, on a Monday night at 10 PM <laughs> Eastern. It's on the whiteboard. Um, I do like the thing. I'm slowly making that a thing. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here for tonight uh, for the, our least planned show, uh, but I think not our worst, which I think is high praise. <laughs> uh, we can put that on a tagline. Uh, before we kind of, we're going to go around here. We're starting to start at the top of the TVs. Danny, anything you want to add here before we sign off? No, no, I think I'm good. I'm glad that we got to chat a little bit about some really like interesting subjects in podcasting here. Uh, and uh, I think we're able to balance them out a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. Nathan, what you got? So I also found Stu Black's record, by the way. Oh, um, in our overall Discord, by the in way. our overall data set um, for the Coventry Two Day event, just so you're aware. With Ultra, you spell Stu right? Well, hey, I didn't <laughs> spell Stu right. <laughs> that that might be the problem. He he placed 106 out of 111 people, despite not winning a game. So there you go. Um, otherwise this was a lovely episode. It was very different than I thought it was going to be when me and John were originally talking about what the episode would be like, which is actually for the best. Yeah. Um, that was a very mean episode. I don't think there would have been any. It's true. The notes, from, the notes from that don't need to see the light of day. We can take that no. burn book and go out and burn it. <laughs> the uh, mob rules would have been come back purely because we would have been fired. Um, it would have been mean girl rules <laughs> to be fair is what yeah. we would have had to change the show to mob after dark uh yeah awesome <laughs> check out stat check uh yep. wherever good stats are found uh and also in comp 40k on mondays when cliff tells us all uh it's all busted or it's all fine uh yep, also their true. podcast every tuesday uh live on youtube where you can also catch the audio recording uh guys i'm so sorry i first want to apologize to the live viewers i gave you no interesting pictures this week we just got a beautiful stack of tvs this was solely uh for the podcast listeners so obviously next week uh, we're going to have Evan Van Dyke back on, and we're going to do nothing but pictures, which we will not explain. Uh, so I'm very looking forward to that. Uh, Val, do you have anything here before we sign out? Excuse me. Um, no, it's uh, always a pleasure. Uh, uh, great to be on, on the show with you guys again. And I think getting back to the the, the purpose of podcasting, it was a pretty uh, rough couple of weeks for uh, for me and the fam uh, very recently. And uh, in a very odd but real way, um, these sort of shows, I think, always make you feel connected to folks even if you're just listening so perhaps that's the biggest value we got and you guys uh are a bright spot in my week so thanks for having me dude every time you're you're just the co-host now we're always gonna do three or four um 
Yeah, so we're going to be back next week with Ev Valdyke. We're going to take Val up in his offer two weeks from now. We're going to post a link or an email <laughs> yeah. invite in on the Frontline Gaming Community page. And we're just going to cold call people. Come on, jump in the show. Uh, say the things. We maybe have to dial up the time delay a little bit to the stream. There's no uh, time delay. Come on. Uh, <laughs> see how easy this really is. Uh, but we'll also be talking the highest highs, the lowest lows. And thank you, everyone, for watching. And as always, it's pretty grim after dark. Bye bye. Everyone's mics are still hot.